I'm Jean McCaddy, and you're listening to FTTV. Alright folks, you're back with FTTV, you're back with me, your host, Jack Higgins, and we're still talking Boba Fett. We are on Chapter 5, Truff, and it's the return of The Mandalorian. Uh, I mean, sum up the episode for us, Truff. It was something different, something unexpected. I didn't think, I don't think any of us thought we were getting Mandalorian Season 2 and a half. Uh, just smack bang in the middle of Boba Fett, but that is basically what we got. Um, I'm going to echo what everyone's been saying online. Bryce Dallas Howard knows how to direct Star Wars. It was a fantastic episode, and I'm happy because there was a lot of... We, we've talked about before we grew up in the era of the prequels. That's like basically our earliest Star Wars memories, and it was all good to see a lot of prequel love, Phantom Menace flashbacks all around here. Uh, very, very happy with this episode. Good. I, I, I much, much echo that, uh, to be honest. Now, now it comes a big question um, <laughs> as we come to Scott. Scott, not enjoyed the um, the best part of the, um, the season so far, but episode five, back with Mando. What's your thoughts? No, I loved it too. There's no denying that this is the best okay. one so far. Um, I do have two wee gripes, so Okay. <laughs> okay. Right, I'll just get them out of the way because I, I love that. I get, so much. get them out of the way. Right. <laughs> so, first one, they rip off Halo at the start. A wee bit annoyed by that, but it's very minor. The second one is this episode is so good. It like shits all over the past four, and it's a Mando episode, and there's nothing to do with Boba in it. And again, he's a more interesting character than Boba in his own show. So, I don't understand why they've put it in. I love it content wise. Amazing but I don't understand why it's in this season. That's my only thing. I do agree. It is, right now, it's kind of overshadowing what we've just seen. Uh, like, I mean, I'm watching watching ch- uh, Chapter 5 and I'm just going, I just want more of this. I don't even really... Exactly. I'm, I've kind of lost track now of actually what Boba Fett was, was trying to do. And um, Yeah, I guess it was just buzzing to see like like Truff said, lots and lots of flashbacks for Phantom Menace. Um, uh, I get what Scott's saying, though. I, I, actually, I, and I honestly do, and I think it'd be a fool not to acknowledge it, but I think that it comes down to this. I compared Boba Fett to Jon Snow, right? And mm-hmm. th- there comes a point where that guy, he's not the most interesting characters. The people around him, there's a reason we'd be talking about Fennec and Black Cassadin and all that jazz. Din Jaren is just a more interesting lead. And the problem is there's a predictability with where Boba's story is going. Right now, Din Jaren is in an unknown in his story. So I think that's why, similarly, when Boba Fett came back in Mandalorian Season 2, he stole a bit of the limelight from the Mandalorian. Mandalorian coming back in and still want a bit of limelight back from Boba Fett. So I think it's like a bit of give and take there. I don't think it's a disaster like some people are saying and Scott's saying there that um, it kind of takes away from the other four. I don't necessarily believe that. I just believe it's kind of payback in a sense from Mandalorian Season 2 for, for old Din. Would you say that's a lot of 
important like story beats for Mando so out with his show though it's yeah. not so much a cameo but it's like a fair progression in his story and it's yeah. not in his season which is but, odd but I also believe that they are on Star Wars TV trying to connect the universe so they don't view it as oh this has to happen on Mando's show no it's still Star Wars it's still the same overall story that we're following here they're all connecting in you know, and for better or, better or for worse, they're taking that from Marvel. You know what I mean? If you find something out about Spider-Man in a fucking Doctor Strange film, that's just the way it goes these days. You know, mm. so you can you can love it or you can hate it, but I think that I think you're going to see a lot more of that, Scott, going forward, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it, personally. I I, I get what both of you are saying, and I think you both make great points. Um, it's it's not right now over overshadowing the rest of it, although it has you know, brought me back to Mando and, and give me that kind of love and interest in his character more so. But, I, I mean, don't know what's going to happen in Chapter 6, but I can't imagine that, you know, that's Mando back off the face of the, the, face of the planet. Uh, again, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, just he's obviously, he's not, he's not just introduced to, the, to get a ship, so we do know that he will tie into this story, which is which is what, Trough, actually, what you predicted in the last, um, our own yeah. last episode, you did mention Mando coming back. Um, obviously, I'm a massive asset to um, to Boba Fett if you can get if you can get him on board. Um, but yeah, follow a little bit of the story um, of the episode because not just you know getting the ship and stuff. We we obviously have um, the first encounter of him uh, trying to take down some bounty um, in a butcher shop. He goes in and uh, I don't know, Scott. I want to know your thoughts on this because it felt again like we had old Mando back. You know, we obviously seen the softness. And his character and his progression through his own show, um, it does seem that now without Grogu, he, he's got a little bit more of a ruthlessness again. He's back to doing his bounty hunting, bounty hunting, and uh, he, he popped out with that that infamous line, um, "Bring in hot or bring in cold" or whatever it was. Um, so, Truff, uh, sorry, Scott, what's your what's your general thoughts on the start of it? Are you feeling like Mando is kind of back to his old self, obviously with a glimmer of compassion? I uh, I think you're spot on, mate. This was the best action for me so far, easily. I forgot he had the dark saber as well. I was expecting him to whip out his spear. So when he brought that out, I was just like, this is amazing. And I think you're right in saying he was more ruthless. And I feel like that's definitely off the back of him losing Baby Yoda and, uh, or Grogu, whatever, in season two. And I like mm-hmm. to see that he had that kind of extra aggression and edge because I don't feel he had to cut a guy in two there. And I'm, glad, I'm surprised <laughs> we saw that. You know, being Disney and all that, because they cut through a kind of uh, meat carcass thing in the background because they're in the butcher shop. And I thought, oh, we're only going to see that and that will be Disney's extent of violence. But then he lays the guy out on the table and fucking cuts him into and the table as well. I thought it was brilliant, like seeing that extra edge to him. And, like, and then it's, it leaves you kind of thinking, well, what's the effects of him losing Gro- Grogu going to be in his character and all that? I thought it was brilliant, just that wee moment through action, like no dialogue spelled out for you. That was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Again, and, and for me, this scene again, it, it, it's Bryce Dallas Howard who does excellently. Uh, the first snippet that we get, or the first um, glimpse of Mando, is is through the uh, through those sort of plastic. I don't even know what you call them. You know those things that hang between doors that are the doors. <laughs> 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 yeah. You just see I know exactly what you mean. I don't know what the, the flaps. <laughs> the flaps. I know. <laughs> I just see them through the flaps. 
Uh, we'll call them blinds, right? But um, <laughs> aye, just start getting that silhouette again and, and the music playing, like I just I did feel like it was done justice this episode um, from start to finish. Um, Scott, you mentioned the dark saber there. Um, again, yeah, it just adds to Mando's power and expertise in his in his uh, in his profession. Um, but what we do see is it can be a difficult weapon to wield. He's obviously struggling to fight with it a little bit. He, he ends up injuring himself in this. Um, Truth, what's your what's your kind of thoughts on this? Again, you know more of the lore, or both yeah. of you know more of the lore. Can, you know, surrounding the dark saber, and um, you know, it, it does seem like it's presenting a bit of a challenge to wield it right now um, until he is fully trained with it or, or fully believes in himself with it. So, what was your thoughts? hundred percent. It's something we've seen before when Sabine um, had the weapon in Star Wars Rebels. This exact same thing. You need to, you need to train with the dark saber. You need to become sort of one with the weapon. Um, I was talking to my flatmate Gavin, who's a very sort of good judge of this because he's a very casual Star Wars fan. And he, I explained it to him. He's like, he's, he's like, it's basically the Elder one from Harry Potter. And I was like, kinda. Kinda, um, but you have to you have to form a connection with it, and he's clearly not there yet. I think it will come into his story, and it links into where his psyche's at just now. I don't think he thinks he is worthy of wielding the dark saber because it was somewhat of an accident. He feels it should have became Bo-Katan's, and obviously we get that that lovely snippet. You know that that kinda. Uh, plot hole we pointed out that Armourer acknowledging the Bo-Katan wielded the Darksaber without winning it in combat, you know, so there, there's a whole lot of um, whole lot of stuff going on mentally with this Darksaber nonsense and I think it'll play into uh, Mando's story going forward in his show because that that's basically going to get his conflict. Will he be the one to rise and, and lead Mandalore and, and try and build back the planet or is he going to reject that? Is, does he think it's not his destiny? Only time will tell. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, that's another <laughs> another bridge that we need to cross when we come to it, um, and that's hopefully what I'd like to see in the in the third season of of Mando. Um, mm. I guess that will be where his fate lies. You know, what path is he going to choose? Um, we've obviously seen his character development in, the, in this softer softer tones and softer elements to his character that have have been presented uh, during his time with Grogu. But again, like this episode highlights, he is kind of reverting back to his old ways, so we, we really don't know. But he doesn't have a desire um, to lead Mandalore, that, you know, like Bo-Katan does, this, this burning desire to seriously, um, you know, make Mandalore great again and get all, because the, get all the wee caps. <laughs> as much as he is the Mandalorian, He's not Mandalorian, <laughs> like yeah. you know, you know what I mean. And I think that Scott's talking about what's what's the connection with Boba here. Like there, there is a big thematic connection between the two of them. They're they both don that armor, but they're not really a part of that culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they they both are trying to wrestle with this idea of being called to be more than they are. Two bounty hunters thrust into this position of power. You know, how does that work out? And I think that the Boba's embraced it and Boba is trying his best to, as we know, become that criminal, you know, lord of Tatooine. But Din isn't there yet. Din's, Din, he's not for it. You know what I mean? So there is a definite, there's definite duality there between the two of them. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a, that's a great thing to see running alongside. I've felt that the show was very similar. Um, obviously, in theme and in setting, um, and style, you know, it is still very Western. 
Um, and yeah, I, I guess that's that's where the duality comes along is that their their characters themselves are on a similar path uh, right now. Um, you did mention their trough, uh, the armorer, and obviously his return. Um, they've obviously moved location uh, for a mm. start. It was a very interesting place that he, he went to um, meet the armorer and Paz Vizela, um, who are the yeah. only two remaining co- in the covert now. So again, what a dick though. I hate Paz Vizsler. Well, that brings us on to the next point. <laughs> uh, you know, he just put Mando's thoughts in with his leg and he's like, yep, yeah, uh, need some help, whatever. And, and they kind of initially open him, uh, open him, they initially welcome him <laughs> well. with open arms. Um, and yeah, Scott, I'm interested to see what you, what was your thoughts on uh, Mando being called out? Paz Vizsler's like, nah, nah, it was forced by my house. I fucking want it. Um, what, what was your thoughts on that? And how did you like this, the fight scene for that? I thought it was inevitable he was going to do that. But um, mm-hmm. first of all, I'm glad we got these two characters back. But the armor especially. I feel like she's important in giving you that kind of backstory about Mandalore and all yeah. that. Those exposition dumps. But um, really interesting stuff that she said as well. And just, I seen, a, I, I seen someone say, you know, she's got the wee horns on her helmet. And in this, she talks about that's it. Like this is someone else that's said this, but like so, she's got the wee horns on her helmet. Um, and in the Clone Wars, Death Watch have horns on their helmets. Mm-hmm. They're not as like Death Watch is more prominent. But she mentions that if they were not on that moon, they would have been wiped out. And I think in Clone Wars, that moon is the same moon that Death Watch are on. So this guy was like proposing this. She had any kind of. Mm. link to that Darth Maul kind of thing but I really liked the fight it was interesting it's it's you, you can see like the sword the Darksaber is almost a hindrance to the two of them because mm-hmm. he's Mando's struggling with the weight of it whatever which he portrays really well and then as soon as he loses it he gets the upper hand because the two of them are just it's not it's not something they can they're equipped to deal with right now and they're like you can, I just found that interesting to see yeah. when it comes to who's not got the dark saber, Mando's a better fighter. It was really good. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on there. I totally agree with that. I think um, one one point you made there, Mando, um, and we're not sure who the body actor that did say that it was Pedro Pascal. Well, he did get a credit, so I, I guess. Yeah. I guess it is Pedro Pascal. Although you, there's someone, with... there's someone who does, there's someone who does the action scenes. Um, right, yeah, for well, the character. Okay. Okay. So, well, I was going to say, yeah, whoever it is, the stuntman, uh, and, the, and the suit, I think he does a great, a great job of of really portraying that weight. Um, and it does; it just looks like it's a, a clearly a difficult weapon to wield. Um, and I think that's just, as you said, Scott makes it all the more interesting um, because when he's not with it, he's actually a better fighter. But at the same time, he has a he has almost an obligation to use it. <laughs> he's not, he's yeah. Having it on you to not use it, really, uh, given how powerful it is. But uh, given time, he, uh, yeah, need to need to work on how to control it properly and how to, how to deal with its weight. Um, moving on from that, um, obviously, he's uh, rejected from the the covert. Um, obviously, uh, expressing that he had he removed his helmet and is, is no longer Mandalorian. Um, you know, much now in a similar position again, Truff, like you mentioned, to Boba, where he's sort of outlawed by his own people, um, yet 
yet still seen as a Mandalorian to everyone else based on his, uh, you know, the the best scar that he, that he dons. Um, so, Truff, you know, where, where do you see this now tying in? Obviously, we get Fennec Shand at the end and, and you know, bringing Mando in to the next thing. So, for the next episode, what's, what's your kind of thoughts and what would you like to see? Um, and do we get more muscle? Because that was obviously what we were discussing on the previous episode, you know, we've got Mando and all these different candidates who who might be uh, called upon uh, for the the sort of syndicate um, abolishment, <laughs> I suppose. So, what's your thoughts, Truff, on that? Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one where they sort of go from there in terms of the muscle. They've already got Kristanton, you know that, and that's that's already enough. That bit of the big fuck off Wookiee is going to do some serious damage, but I don't know. The one thing that throws a spanner in the works for me, Jack, is at the start of this season, I called a certain bounty hunter showing up from the Clone Wars, you know what I mean? Like maybe played by like Clint Eastwood, you know. Um, which you know, I'm not I'm not sure Cad Bane is gonna show up anymore. I'm not entirely yeah. convinced with it. But the next episode is the one that's co-written by Dave Filoni. And it's directed by Dave Ooh, Filoni. Okay. So if there was ever an episode for it to happen for that character to debut, because we know what happened in the last season of Mandalorian, the episode that he directed and co-wrote, introduced Ahsoka into live action. You know, so he likes to handle the characters that he has he has created in the past, you know, so maybe that's the only other muscle I can see. I actually didn't know the thing about Death Watch and the Horns. I hadn't made that connection, but I do think it's interesting that we talk about, I've talked about Crimson Dawn showing up potentially, another Darth Maul connection. I wonder whether it's just something that's maybe simmering under the surface there. I don't know if there's any connection, but it is something, it's something interesting that's got spotted out there. It's got me thinking. Uh, I'll say that for sure. That is, that's exactly, you just put it um, perfectly there. It just gets you thinking. There's there's so much here um, mm. in the canon that can be played with. And like you said, having Dave Filoni um, in and around an episode, that is usually where it comes to the forefront. So, um, yeah. So Katano was done excellently. Uh, yeah. If it was going to be Cad Bane, I think that would be class. I obviously mentioned that at the time when you mentioned it. Um, mm. uh, you know, I, I was all for that idea. But again, yeah, as the, as the episodes go on, it just feels a little bit out of place now. Like, where does he where does he tie in? Is he does he come in as muscle, or is he you know potentially even working with the Pikes? Uh, he may he may well be a villain again. You know, what well, I mean? could be because uh, he doesn't he doesn't like Fennec. Him and Fennec had the last yeah. time we saw Cad Bane. Him and Fennec had a shootout, basically both trying to kill each other in Bad Batch. Yes, you know, so. I was trying to think when I last seen him, when it was, yeah, Bad Batch. Yeah, it was Bad Batch, and they were both trying to kill each other, you know what I mean? So it'd be very interesting to see if the, the Fennec shot. Some people have brought up Omega as well, or Omega. You Omega. know, <laughs> Omega, um, <because laughs> potentially showing up. That one, that one I don't quite call. Although it would be interesting, another clone to sort of interact with uh, Boba Fett. Another clone who ages at a normal rate as well, as we know. Yeah. You know, so maybe maybe there's something there. I don't personally see it. Yeah, I don't see it. But uh, again, I'm not against it. Um, I'm also not really all for it because Omega isn't exactly the most likeable character. Um, <laughs> she gets a wee bit better through Bad Batch, doesn't she? But she's got a, she does have a... Yeah. a, a Scotty, so I can tell. I can tell this. Oh, she's a pain in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> the mu- 
unmuted instantly there and just yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard a wee <laughs> chuckle in the background a wee hearty chuckle just saying to himself I'm going to come in and fucking say what I think here <laughs> that's a not, not a well, thing Omega what about Cad Bane Scott what's your what, what would you think of him coming around uh, I think it'd be interesting because I think even just to get his costume to work right would be a challenge yeah so um, it would be good to see but we obviously, unless we see a BD unit or whatever, they don't say BD1, the wee droid I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. when you're talking about getting thinking, do you think Cal Kessis will show up? I don't oh. think it's a strong, but, but it could happen just because we see that mentioned. there. Mm. He's been mentioned that, more. And Fallen more. Order 2 will be out soon, apparently as well, like relatively soon. So yeah. maybe the story will pick up after or we get like a wee tease to that. I'm not the biggest fan of Cal Kestis. I think he's kind of boring in the game. He's not a character I'm excited to play as, but he's got a lot of stuff that comes with him. Like, he's, he's met Vader. He's fought Vader. He's obviously went through Order 66. Um, he's got that wee group of companions. He's Like, one of them's the only night sister left, and I'd love to see yeah. more stuff in live action, especially relating to Dathomir and all that. Like, if you introduce him, there's quite a lot. It has been mentioned, but I just mean, like, see some of it any of it because in Fallen Order it looks incredible and same in the Clone Wars I think it's a really interesting wee world they've got going on there and I'd love to mm. see just wee snippets of that Yeah I think that brings us on quite nicely um, after speculating on that stuff um, another great part of the episode is when he does return um, to Tatooine and uh, Peli Moto is back yes. in the truff Truff, are you a big fan of Pelimoto? I feel like she gives me big Truff vibes. So I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think I originally was. I'd need to go back and listen to like our original reviews. I think I've said some stuff about her in the past. I'm like, I'm right. I think she was like in the category of she didn't feel Star Wars to me at the time, right? I got a huge smile on my face when I saw her show up again in this episode. Yeah. And she's just like, hey, Mando, Mando's here, guys. Like, it's like, that's just so fucking class. And then she's telling her jokes about who she dated the Jawas and dated stuff the like Jawa. that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Like, it was good humour. You know what I mean? It was like, Aye. I think she's a character who's impossible to dislike. Yeah. And I think that it would be one thing if she acted the way she did and she wasn't competent. But she's clearly very good at her job also. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was good to see her come back and, and obviously with her big review as well to what she gets. So I'd be, I'd be happy for more Pelimoto. I like that clearly there's a, there's a deeper thing there. Clearly a character that Din Djarin, he doesn't trust many people. I think he trusts Pelimoto explicitly. Yep, definitely. And I think he's even reluctant when he first comes back, I guess. That's just the the, the sort of... Uh, the timing the, between that you know between yeah. the last time we met I guess that's maybe where he's lost a little bit of trust on it because not even trust trust is probably the wrong word but she unveils the, the piece of junk that uh, that he sees uh, <laughs> and he's like where the fuck's my razor, qu- razor crest like <laughs> you promised me a razor crest but um, she didn't what she did promise was a uh, Naboo fighter I don't know N1 fighter something like that uh, yeah. and bloody hell have we um, given that an absolute upgrade he's pimped that out um, <laughs> obviously this, this ship is um, iconic from uh, the prequels particularly Phantom Menace um, seen him plenty Anakin escapes in one I believe um, and yeah he's just it's a really slick looking ship 
and on top of that, they do some mad effort to it, uh, and I think they couldn't have got it looking better. Um, and it goes well with his armour. I think, yeah, I'm really excited if there's more Mando, uh, if it's a if it's a season three or if it's if he's flying it even in the, the the upcoming episodes. I just think it's going to look sick. I think he's looks he just looks really really good. Um, Scott, what's your thoughts? I um, well, I wasn't expecting it at all. I yeah. think if, if anything, the prequels got right. It's design. A lot of the design in the prequels I just love. I, I don't know if that's because I grew up watching it or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, that ship has always been, like, I've always thought it looked incredible. Um, so this was one of my favourite parts in the episode, and I know these people say it drags on a wee bit too long, but it didn't really bother me. I liked seeing it get built, and the two of them have a wee bit of part or whatever. And then when she says that she's ripped the droid, um, the astromech droid, like whatever you call it, like the wee pity sits in, uh-huh, yeah. that out, I was like, oh, that's a perfectly sized seat for a wee baby Yoda. Yeah. How <laughs> good. I'd love one? that. And hopefully more space uh, space fights in that. That'd be cool because it's a starfighter instead of a big gunship yeah. or whatever he had the last time. Yeah. That'd be good to see going forward. I See, the thing is, right, I've spoken to, like, so Gavin said this to me and my dad said it to me and also a couple other people at ESSR said this to me. So when she first unveiled it, I was. I thought it was Anakin's old pod racer. Yeah, same. <laughs> like I was convinced it was Anakin's old pod racer at first. I thought I was like a gas, but I, I preferred the Naboo, um, the Naboo thing. But it's cool that Beggars Canyon and the pod racing circuit pops up again because I actually hadn't made the connection that Beggars Canyon, where Luke mentions he went with his pals, was where Anakin was pod racing when he was away, and now we see it with Mando. Like I, I had never made that connection between the three. I, I thought that was that was also a really a really nostalgic moment. I thought. No, definitely he does that trial course, and it just it does bring back memories of that this the circuit there. Um, so it's I don't know. I just really loved this episode, and, and even though it feels so out of place in the Boba Fett show, uh, not even out of place. That's the wrong one. But yeah, it's just given that it's just such a. Lisa life uh, for Mando here. Um, it's uh, yeah, no, it just it, it just tips you, kind of keeps you ticking over. I think, and going into the next episode, um, this collaboration between Mando and Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, um, Big Wookie by, you know, it's just so much. Just happening. go on BK. Um, <laughs> just go <on> big BK. <laughs> BK. Big BK. I think there's just yeah, it's just it's all coming ahead now, and and that's what's really um, special about these shows I think they, they are always a little bit slow to start and that's where people start to fall out of it and they're like oh it's too slow for me and you know Scott had these issues at the start but you know we get an episode like this where it just flicks a switch on it and you go oh I really enjoyed that um, and you start to think I'm not even bothered about the story uh, Boba Fett story now but I think Literally the next episode and possibly episode seven, that that's where we get meeting the bone again, and there is going to be all that action that, that Scott loves. There's going to be plenty of the um, the story and character building that Truff loves, um, yeah. and hopefully, hopefully on top of that as well, we get loads and loads of um, Dave Filoni influence there. Possibly new characters. What's um, he doing? What, what is he doing, Jack? Just fucking, I want to know. Like, I can't wait for Wednesday now. You know what I mean? Like, what what's Filoni up to? in this next episode because it's going to be something you know what I mean it's I going to be so. fucking something it's really going to be something 
Um, yep, yeah, so he does go for that, that test drive. The last part of the episode is uh, Fennec Shand appearing, um, just popping up and being like, yeah, we, we want you, we need you. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot, actually, we get the, they get stopped again by the... The same the, guy? Yeah, the same guy. The same guy. the entire galaxy. Yeah, fucking, I know that voice. He's like, yeah, I know that voice. It's not the helmet. It. It's not the helmet that he recognises. It's the fucking voice somehow. Yeah. Um, I love yeah, get stuck there. And I guess that's just another wee cameo. They do like they do like this this guy. This uh, Carson Teva is his name. name. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say what's his name. He could lead up the if they're still doing the Rangers of the New Republic show. He could just do that. Be the lead in that instead of Carrie, didn't surely at this point? Probably. He's a likable guy. I like him. Yeah, the other good. the other pilot does a voice acting role, and the other so pilot is like... also the also, the other pilot is also the body of Luke Skywalker. Oh, is that what Mandalorian. it is? Yeah, uh, um, he he did the performance, and then they rejigged his face to look like uh, Mark Hamill. I always so. like stuff like that. It's quite wholesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after all that, then we, as I said, he returns back uh, to Pelimoto's place. Um, Phoenix Shan's there waiting. Got a proposition for him, and and yeah, Truff, you you spoke when we spoke about this. Um, you were really happy that he, that he done it for no money. He says it's on the house, yeah. and he's like, you know, he obviously does still have this um, respect, um, you know, for the kind of the old laws and stuff. He he definitely feels that um, he owes one to Boba. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool that he's like willing to do it, not you know, not really knowing what it is or. What you know, what the job is, um, but he's he's all up for it. He's got time in his hands right now. He's you know, he obviously rejected the last bounty after after he returned the bounty. Mm. Um, they were dying to get him to stay for dinner, and he was like, "Nah, we should to do." So it's funny that you know, his his next part was to get his leg healed, go see the armorer, come back, get a lovely spank, brand spanking new ship, and now he's got a, another mission um, right on his doorstep, and he's not even had to really move an inch. So. I'm absolutely buzzing for the next episode. I hope um, I'm kind of hoping the next episode is going to be the you know the assault on the Pike Syndicate, and then mm. there's something else. Like, just just so that we've got more and more. yeah, we've got more and more. I don't really want it to be the end episode, and then you know we're kind of left just on that. Um, you know, defeating the Syndicate I'm quickly because to do that next episode, and then we can go um, go on to episode seven with something that will be. Looking further into the future, looking forward, um, possibly more like you said, Scott, something to do with Death Star, Crimson Dawn, something where the Pike Syndicate was the small fish. There's always a bigger fish um, pulling the strings, um, and that that <laughs> very be, good. <laughs> that'll be Boba's, you know, next sort of mission. I suppose will be can we continue to eradicate all these threats to his his rule, all these threats to Tatooine, like. Um, and uh, as he as he works through them one by one, because I think the Pike Syndicate we've not even really seen much of them uh, other than the you know the the debacle with the sand people and stuff. So um, they're nothing to us really. We just kind of want to see them eliminated. But yeah. if we do get someone like um, you know comes and Dawn or something that really holds weight there, uh, I just feel like that will be again something that can can further. Um, get us engaged because then we're like right well this this shit's going to go off now this isn't you know we're not playing against the wee guys now we're we're winning with the big boys I think um, and that, that's what I would like to see kind of going forward on on episode 7 um, after episode 6 hopefully we're 
we're dealing with the, the pig syndicate. Is there anything in the, the last two episodes um, that we really, really need to see or want to see? Um, possibly a Grogu or something, or even a glimpse. We know that he obviously had this armour made, um, or, mm. or I don't know if it was just melted down first or something, because it looked like little rings. I don't know if the armour was ever completed, but um, that, again, is, is something that we, we have something to look forward to. So, Truff, what, what was your thoughts for episode six how would you like it to pan out similar to what I've said or is there something different you have in mind I'm going to agree with Scott I think this was a great episode I've enjoyed the show so far I think now more than ever we need Boba Fett to go into fucking god mode essentially yeah we, we need a definitive memorable Boba Fett action scene in the last two where it's him that's doing the heavy lifting when it's him that defeats the Pikes and it's him that shows a level of ruthlessness that really cements his status as the man, as the Daimo on Tatooine. Oh, so elegantly put as well. Um, <laughs> Scott, yeah, I mean, you'll probably just agree with that because I, I guess he was just speaking your, your tongue there. So, um, yeah, anything in, in there that you would, um, you're dying to see now? I was like what you said at the start, mate. It's um, this episode just got me thinking about wanting to see what happens with Mando, and I'm thinking like, does he go and get Grogu? Does he take him away from being a Jedi, even though he's training with Luke or whatever? Like, what happens there? I wasn't left after this episode thinking, I wonder what will happen with Boba. I'd, I'd see this episode was great, and I really love like the content in it, but this isn't a good show for me yet. It's yeah. still, it's just still not clicking for me, and uh, I think Truff's right. Like we need to see why he was like why Boba Fett was a villain and why he was like good enough to stand next to Darth Vader and all that. You know, he's just so soft, and we need to see him be a villain pretty much. Like he's not even anti-hero at this point. He's just like wimpy. <laughs> so yeah, we need to okay. see something from. Fair, fair. Well, take us on for episode six, where I. I do have a strong feeling that Grogu will make an appearance. He does mention at the end he has to pay a visit to a little friend. So if there's not a, a clear... Whether he gets there is always the question because he, he has the intention there, but, you know, um, they might not have had the budget to make Grogu in again. <laughs> Fuck knows. But um, I've quite enjoyed the show so far. And like I said, this is where it starts to get really meaty. Um, pardon the pun obviously he was in a butcher shop at the start now. Um, <laughs> so I think oh moving on episode 6 chapter 6 chapter 7 this is where we'll get the badass Mando badass Boba uh, and Fennec Shand I mean she's always a badass so we don't have that to worry about okay but I think yes, we'll fucking Mingna <laughs> fucking Mingna we'll leave it there troops uh, thank you very much for listening again um, from Truff and Scott. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and from me, goodbye. Yeah,